0: The biggest games, the best performances, expert analysis. You are Locked On Now.
1: Welcome to Locked On Now. I'm your host, Matt George, bringing you from ballpark to ballpark with a fast pass from all of last night's action with insight you can only get from the local experts on the Locked On podcast network. We're going around Major League Baseball like you were there for every at-bat. Let's start with... The biggest game. It took a while, but we finally got a winner out of the 11-inning battle between the New York Yankees and the Kansas City Royals.
0: This is Stacey Gotsoulias of Locked On Yankees, and can we not speak of that game again? The Yankees finally beat the Royals 8-6 in 11 innings. And what's funny about the game is it actually didn't really start until the seventh inning. That's when all the scoring started from both teams. And then they just kept on scoring until the Yankees finally scored more than the Royals in the 11th inning. The Yankees blew four saves (laughs) in one game. I'm sure that's the first time that's happened. It's a lot of firsts for the 2021 Yankees, and uh, a lot of them are not good. So uh, at least this one ended on a positive note with a win. So they take the first game in Kansas City. I'll have the full recap of this game on the next episode of Lockdown Yankees. But right now I'm going to bed.
1: It might have been ugly, but a win is a win. And for the Yankees, that's now eight of their last 10. But for the Royals, well, Kansas City fans stayed up late for nothing. It's midnight. The Royals game is finally over. I'm Ryland Styles, host of the Locked On Royals Podcast on the Locked Podcast Network, your teams every day. Listen, the Royals lost, but in fun fashion. It went extras. The Royals came back to tie in the 7th, the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th inning before losing in the 11th. Fun game. Nikki Lopez was great, as he has been all year, but at 10, you got an incredibly clutch hit to tie it up as well. But when your bullpen gets down to Wade Davis, Greg Holland, And Irvin Santana, who's been playing since the Reagan administration, this is what you can expect in late games. The season's over. It's been over since May. But the Royals are once again playing their best ball towards the tail end of the year. Hopefully, this means that it will actually translate into next season, unlike the previous two seasons where they did the same thing. Playing great baseball at the end of the year. We'll talk about all this and more coming up on the next episode of Lockdown Royals. The Chicago White Sox scored 11 runs in their win over the Minnesota Twins on Monday. Aloy Jimenez's two homer day is worthy of the
0: best performance.
2: Hey, it's Chris Tannehill along here with my partner Herb Lawrence from Locked on White Sox. Well, the Sox look to avoid a letdown after a big weekend sweep of the Cubs as they headed up north to face division rival Minnesota. Luis Robert returned to action last night as the Sox pounded the Twins for 11 runs and a huge part of that offensive effort last night was the two home run night from Eloy Jimenez. Aloy just came off the IL and he's hitting just like he was last year in 2020 and the year before in 2019. I predicted him to hit 50 home runs in a full season. Of course, he's missed more than half of the year, but he's well on track for 25 home runs if he keeps his pace up, Chris. Yeah, and he was one of our dark horse picks for MVP before he went down. And Lucas Giolito was on the mound for the Sox last night. Of course, he had plenty of run support, but he's had a bit of a history with the Twins after Josh Donaldson accused him of being heavily reliant on the sticky stuff earlier this season. But Giolito had plenty of run support, but he was really good last night. He went eight innings, allowing just the one run. Really strong start for Lucas Giolito. He looked focused. He looked like a man possessed in a good way where he's just worried about the next pitch. And he struck out eight. That's the thing that we haven't seen in a while. And he didn't walk a soul. Good to see you from Lucas Giolito. You know, White Sox GM Rick Hahn would call this an uptown problem. Uh, but the Sox continue to crush their longtime rivals. And it's just become kind of business as usual at this point. And I think we can both get used to that. For my partner, Herb Lawrence, I'm Chris Tannehill. Join us for the best White Sox coverage every day here on Locked on White Sox.
1: The Cleveland Indians won something. The Cincinnati Reds get an uncharacteristically bad start and Joe Musgrove continues his pitching clinic. We go around the league next. Let's go around the league. The Cleveland Indians have
0: won the Ohio Cup. I hope everyone will pardon my mess. I just got done with the workout, which is appropriate because the Indians did some work tonight. Uh, they won the Ohio Cup, everyone cheer, I know that's the most important thing the Indians will win this year. Most outstanding player though, Wade Miley, who no-hit the Indians, one of what, three times they got no-hit this year, if we count the seven-inning no-hitter. But enough of the bad, let's talk about the good of this one. Med Rosario, home run away from the cycle, goes four for five. Bullpen by committee, they win. Luis Castilla had been absolutely on fire as a pitcher late, the Indians got to him. Uh, Bradley Zimmer hit an absolute monster. By the way, this is a guy who did not have a home run in May or June had just two extra base hits during those months. He's now got four extra base hits in August and uh, four home runs over the last two months. Now I know it's not a ton, but still a massive improvement. Overall, a great win by the Indians. They are now back up to 500. And again, most importantly, bragging rights. The Ohio Cup is now staying in Cleveland, which I believe is where it has now resided since 2016. So bragging rights, sorry Reds fans, but uh, you don't get the cup.
1: Unfortunately for Cincinnati, not only did they lose the cup, it was just bad timing for an unexpected poor pitching performance.
3: Well, that's over. That was a tough night at the old ball yard for La Piedra, Luis Castillo. He has been pitching so fantastic here recently. I'm not even really worried about that start. Just nothing was going right for him. He gave up way too many runs and way too short of innings and the lineup got shut down by a bad left-handed pitcher for a couple of innings and then a bullpen day for the rest of the way for the Indians. That was just some kind of weirdness. Must have been the just overwhelming favoredness for the Reds before the game, because usually when you're that big of an overwhelming favorite, you're probably, yeah, probably not looking too hot, but that's what happened. Reds lose. Now they head to Atlanta, the one-night stand. They've got the uh, walk of shame down south to Atlanta. And they've got Sonny Gray on the hill against Drew Smiley. So we'll have to see if Sonny Gray can bounce back from his last performance. And the lineup looks to face another unimpressive lefty. So, yeah, we're going to be talking all about that and more on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I hope you join me.
1: The San Diego Padres have been enjoying solid
4: performances recently from their hometown boy. And what is up, my Friar faithful homies? Javier Reyes here of the Lockdown Padres podcast. You can see behind me, got a bunch of books and stuff. Got a bunch of books, different background than you might be used to. And to be honest with you, at this point, hey, maybe we got a Joe Musgrove. We might need a book on him at some point in the future. San Diego native uh, Joe Musgrove, a legend, and he's been performing. Like a legend lately fourth consecutive quality start and i don't mean just like in the traditional terms of what a quality start means you know six innings three runs or less he's just looked good over the last four games in tonight's game going six innings only allowing one earned run striking out eight and generating 14 whiffs on his slider. That was working nice tonight. I know it's the Marlins, but still, got to give the guy credit, and honestly, got to give the rest of the Padres team credit. It was a complete victory, Uh, a nice way to go, I would say, for this Padres team that's been struggling lately. Uh, We have a a big single from Eric Cosmer, a big home run from Eric Cosmer, a triple from Trent Grisham, some hits from Jake Cronenworth, a hit from Manny Machado. Like It was all around the all around the board that the Padres performed tonight. And, you know, if you take this start into account, then Darvish's good start over the weekend and especially Blake Snell's start uh, from the other day. It's really uh, nice to see the three-headed monster making a rare appearance. We haven't really seen the starting pitching rotation. Uh, Those three, at least, perform uh, at this level consecutively all season. So hopefully that's a trend of better things to come in the future. And we just got to, you know, onwards as always, guys. Hopefully they can keep up the pace and beat the Marlins and beat all the teams that they have coming up over the next week and a half stay faithful guys and
1: there you have it a busy and entertaining night in major league baseball made even more enjoyable thanks to the insight of our local experts for more information and discussion surrounding these games and the top baseball storylines be sure to tune in to all of our local MOV podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network until next time I'm Matt George we'll talk later but we're always locked on now